Hi everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Low Season Traveller Insider Guides. I'm your host, Jed Brown, founder of Low Season Traveller, and this episode is taken from the 12th and final session of the Keeping the Dream Alive series of webinars, which we're collaborating on with the World Tourism Association for Culture and Heritage and My Travel Research. This episode is entitled Facts Not Fear, a real-time insight into the current travel trends. And we were delighted to have Olivier Ponty, who is the Vice President of Global Insights at Low Season Traveller's Big Data Partners, Forward Keys, to help guide us through this fascinating session. This is the keynote. Enjoy. We've got Olivier Ponty with us today, who is um, the leader of the Forward Keys Insights team. Um, Olivier is one of the world's most authoritative experts in travel research and destination marketing. He gives dozens, um, probably more than dozens of conference presentations and media interviews every year, cross-referencing Forward Keys considerable data with numerous other sources to identify new travel trends, forecast future travel patterns, reveal the impact of events on travel and provide deep insights into the travelers of tomorrow. Uh, previously, Olivier was research manager at Amsterdam Marketing, where he helped attract tourism and business investment to the city by extensive use of market research and, of course, compelling presentations. Uh, latterly, as Amsterdam became increasingly popular, his data-driven approach was the at the heart of successful initiatives to balance the demands of visitors, residents, and businesses. Uh, very much linked to um, to what we were talking about on Tuesday, actually. Um, Olivia Ponte's career um, in city tourism started in 2004, where he was appointed manager of the tourism research department of the Paris Visitors and Convention Bureau. Uh, Olivier was educated at Sciences or Sciences Po uh, in Paris, where he gained a master's degree in economics, and at the Sorbonne University, where he gained a master's degree in tourism development. Uh, his connection to academia continues as he teaches market intelligence at the Sorbonne still. Uh, so a very good morning to you, Olivier. It's a pleasure to have you with us, and welcome to the Tourism Expert uh, Recovery Series. How are you? Join me up on stage. Good morning, Jed. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I've been following what you guys have been doing in the past weeks with this uh, with this series of uh, of uh, webinars, uh, listening to the podcast while I was doing some sport in the, in the morning, and uh, I'm really honoured uh, to be here with you today and uh, and uh, be the last of. of of the presenters. So thank you very much for this. Just make sure that uh, uh, you can all see my uh, screen. Look, Jed, when we uh, first talked about this presentation a few weeks uh, ago and we uh, discussed the, the title, uh, this title, Facts Not Fear, seemed quite uh, quite appropriate. Uh, a lot of tourism businesses were in, the, in panic mode. Uh, and we thought that it would be uh, really interesting for everybody to put some facts on the on the table it turns out that since we had this discussion uh, the situation has uh, evolved quite significantly uh, worldwide we're seeing a number of destinations reopening uh, we're all looking at what's happening in the in china uh, on the domestic chinese markets uh, and this gives a lot of people in the industry uh, hope uh, and and sometimes uh, wild hopes. So I think we could have also uh, entitled these presentations Facts Not Fear Nor 
wild optimism. Uh, and uh, this is this is what I'm going to uh, to show during this uh, this presentation. We see that there are some uh, uh, things changing on the market at the moment, but uh, this should lead us to very cautious uh, optimism. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's uh, let's have a look at the facts. Although uh, I believe it's uh, it's important before we start talking about the facts to uh, say a few words about where the data uh, comes from. Uh, I work for Forward Keys. Uh, we're a, a travel analytics company. We're based in in Valencia, Spain, and. Um, <laughs> What we do is use different uh, big data sets to monitor uh, trends on the uh, uh, air travel uh, on, on air travel. Um, we do this uh, looking at the different steps of uh, the traveler's journey. Uh, from the moment people start searching a uh, flight on meta search engines like uh, like Skyscanner, to uh, the moment that uh, airlines put uh, capacity on the market. So uh, tell the consumer, hey, we've got some uh, planes flying from point A uh, to B. Uh, it's that kind of planes. It's that many seats. And uh, this is uh, this is really important for understanding the markets. Uh, this this uh, close look at uh, the offer. Uh, so that's that's something we monitor with the help of uh, of Cerium. Uh, we keep a close watch on events and uh, make sure that we can link events to um, to booking behavior. Booking and uh, ticketing are two of our key data sets. Uh, we, we work uh, very closely with, uh, with uh, GDSs, uh, with uh, more than 100 airlines to get a, a good understanding of what's happening on the booking and ticketing uh, front and uh, that, that gives us the probably the most comprehensive uh, data set on the matter in the uh, in the world and then we use this information to build extra layers of uh, of intelligence on the on top of uh, of these foundations so these are the key data sets that i will be using for this uh, for this presentation i've selected five uh, facts that I consider as key learnings uh, of the of the current crisis. And the first fact is uh, that straight lines don't last forever. For years now, uh, we've grown accustomed to seeing uh, charts projecting a never-ending growth. Uh, that growth could take the shape of uh, of uh, air passengers of uh, uh, tourist arrivals, um, hotel rooms, uh, Airbnbs, other forms of accommodation. We've grown accustomed to seeing those numbers just grow, basically, from uh, one year um, to the others. And, and in that context, um, it was reasonable um, to assume, based on what we knew uh, that back then, that, uh, that this growth would continue. I mean, there's been, there's, has never been uh, as many people able, able and and willing uh, to travel. Uh, there's never been, it's never been cheaper for people to travel, uh, especially uh, by uh, by air, and, and and 
honestly, when looking at those straight lines uh, showing uh, the, the growth in number of air passengers, it's nearly impossible not to imagine that that straight line continuing in the in the future. Uh, all of this was uh, all of these were re reasonable assumptions until not uh, not long ago, and and yet now I believe that uh, that we know better. Uh, we switched in a matter of uh, of months from uh, over tourism to no tourism. What you can see on this slide is uh, the number of international arrivals, uh, air arrivals uh, by world region. Uh, for the month of May, and uh, it doesn't, you know, uh, make any difference where you're looking at on this on this map. Uh, the results are pretty much the same everywhere. We're looking at a massive decrease of air arrivals, minus 97% worldwide, and this is really affecting all regions. So uh, what this this means is that the travel sector uh, has entered into into coma, and uh, what we're all hoping uh, is that it will get out of it as soon as uh, possible. So no arrivals in the past months, and what's even more worrying is that uh, uh, there were no bookings either. So uh, this chart shows uh, on a weekly basis the number of bookings that have been made for a trip anytime in the future, and it looks at uh, the various key source markets, Asia Pacific, Europe, America, the Americas, Africa, and the Middle East. As you can see, since the beginning of March, uh, we are in this unprecedented situation uh, when there are more cancellations than bookings for all key source markets. So if people do not book now, if they haven't booked in the past weeks, it's uh, very unlikely that we are going to see them in our destinations in the coming uh, in the coming month, and this is why the summer outlook uh, looks so bleak. Uh, total arrivals, international arrivals worldwide, are uh, 83% behind their 2019 uh, levels. All uh, key destinations are affected in the in similar ways. So basically, what we have now are bookings uh, that were made a long time ago and that could very easily vanish as we get closer to the uh, departure date. This situation has a lot to do with uh, the fact that uh, in a very, very short period of time, uh, the world basically shut down. And uh, we saw travel restrictions being put in place everywhere around the world. And uh, that makes the reopening of those destinations a prerequisite uh, to any recovery scenario. We cannot have reopening, uh, sorry, we cannot have recovery without a lifting of travel restrictions. This is the uh, state of travel restrictions worldwide uh, at the end of last week. As you can see, there's not a single country in the uh, world with, without a form of travel restriction. Um, obviously, if, you're if your business depends on international travel, 
you cannot survive for long in a world uh, like that. Now, fortunately uh, for the travel sector, um, the situation is evolving at a fast pace. We're seeing um, travel bubbles being put in place, um, thinking of the, the um, Baltic states, for example, or, or between, uh, between Norway and uh, Denmark. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talks about a trans-Tasman uh, travel bubble, but it's uh, uh, it hasn't materialized uh, yet. This this is a, a way for uh, destinations to to reignite uh, international travel, but uh, as we can see, it's uh, it's quite uh, cumbersome. Uh, at least it's not easy to put uh, to put in place. We're also seeing a lot of uh, bilateral agreements being signed to facilitate business travel. Uh, very recently, so one being signed between China and Singapore. Before there was one before, between China and uh, and South Korea, uh, for example. So that's that's another modality of the uh, uh, reopening. But uh, most importantly, some destinations are uh, communicating on a reopening of uh, of the market saying that they are open for uh, business again whether it's just for domestic tourism or for uh, international tourism as well uh, this week as we speak uh, we've got destinations like uh, saint lucia in the caribbean austria or italy in uh, in europe uh, communicating on a uh, gradual reopening but when you start looking at the details of these reopenings you realize that these destinations uh, remain close to some if not most of uh, the countries uh, austria is reopening yes that's true but uh, not for italians for example, or St. Lucia is reopening, but just for uh, travelers from the US. So uh, I believe there is still a long way to go if we want to go back to the pre-crisis uh, situation. Now, the next fact has to do with uh, air capacity, which has reached uh, rock bottom. We know just how important air travel is for international um, tourism. Uh, and for air travel to be able to function uh, properly, we need planes. What you can see on this chart is that international capacity is just a fraction of what it used to be, less than, uh, than 10% compared to 2019 uh, uh, levels. Um, we know that airlines are fighting for survival. They're selling part of their fleet, they're firing their staff, uh, they're seeking government uh, bailouts. It is not clear at this stage uh, how many airlines will make it uh, in the end but it is clear that air connectivity has received a very serious blow and uh, that it will not recover uh, overnight now let's have a look at some of the positive signs of the current situation um, contrary to previous crises i believe we are now better equipped to identify early signs of recovery and uh, leverage them. Think of uh, SARS, uh, think of 9-11, think of uh, the last uh, financial crisis. At the time, uh, we did not have all the uh, uh, data that we currently have at hand, at hand sorry, to understand um, what was going on. 
to identify opportunities and and to make sure that we could um, uh, act on these uh, on these insights. Uh, luckily, we're a bit further down the the road of uh, of digital transformation and then and big big data. Uh, so the the situation is significantly uh, significantly different, and um, when trying to identify early signs of recovery, now uh, we see that uh, there are indeed uh, some, but that they they need a very careful analysis uh, so that we understand what recovery truly means and uh, how to interpret. Uh, those um, those pictures we see in the in the news, for example, of of uh, uh, visitors being back in the in key tourist attractions such as uh, such as uh, Chinese tourist attractions, for example. Uh, let, let's focus on China first because this is probably the country that's been most in the in the news when it comes to recovery. That's uh, that's where uh, people are putting their hope, uh, uh, and, and this is. Um, a fascinating country because it's been the hardest hit at, uh, in the early stage of the crisis, but it looks like it's also the first country to prog progressively get out of the crisis. So what can we what can we learn from this uh, this case? Well, we've all seen it: um, pictures of attractions, popular attractions being completely empty, and then pictures of those attractions uh, welcoming a number of uh, tourists uh, again. So what's behind this? Uh, who are these tourists? What's behind those figures that we hear as well from the industry regarding the, the rise of uh, occupancy rate in hotels, etc., etc. Now, we looked at um, the development of uh, Chinese domestic uh, air travel. And um, here we're looking at the situation uh, since the beginning of this year, we're looking at tickets uh, being issued. Now, very clearly, uh, end of uh, January, we see a drop in uh, the number of tickets being issued. That's when the first travel restrictions are being put in place. This is where the uh, crisis, uh, the, the COVID crisis starts uh, getting bigger and bigger. We each, we reach, um, no, we hit rock bottom at uh, the end of February, and then there is a slow uh, uh, rebound taking place. It has a lot to do with uh, with um, uh, the Chinese economy um, getting back and uh, on track. Uh, so we've got some form of recovery, but we can still see that this this um, uh, rebound is limited in time and from the end of February uh, we still can notice uh, growth but this growth is very very gradual. This has to do with uh, the fact that a lot of people that had been trapped during the Chinese New Year were able to go back to uh, their um, uh, normal uh, place of residence, their usual place of uh, residence and that there is a basic level of um, economic activity taking place, but uh, it's nothing like the recovery the whole tourism sector is hoping for. Uh, it's mainly commercial centers uh, benefiting from this, uh, this growth in domestic air travel instead of uh, typical leisure destinations. So 
This recovery since then is it's still happening. We see, uh, you can see at the end of, um, of April, beginning of May, another bump, let's say in the recovery, that's, uh, that's the Labor Day uh, weekend, uh, which coincided with the lifting of some uh, internal travel restrictions. So we can see that there is uh, demand, but this demand is still very uh, fragile. And uh, this recovery, when you start looking at it in details, is uh, it's mainly affecting specific um, groups of people. It's mainly the, the young being more likely to travel. Uh, we can see a lot of students uh, flying back to uh, their uh, university. Uh, so it's it's gradual coming back to normal, I would say, rather than uh, than a jump in uh, domestic tourism. And uh, this is something to take into account because uh, when uh, you look at those figures regarding air traffic, you start to realize that the people you see on the pictures on the, the, the Forbidden City or the, the Great Wall of China are mainly pictures of locals. It's local tourism uh, taking place. A lot of people going to uh, their destination by uh, high-speed train or, or by car rather than by plane. So yes, this is encouraging, but um, it will take a while before we get back to we get back to normal. Uh, and the insights that many or the conclusion that many uh, brands have taken uh, based on this uh, on this data is that at the moment, if you want to do business with uh, Chinese people, you have to do business uh, with them in China because uh, we can see no sign of recovery on the Chinese outbound market at the, at the moment. Now, moving on to a different part of the, of the world, uh, Latin America, I think it's an interesting example to look at as well because while China is, uh, or yes, while China and a number of other destinations are slowly uh, uh, getting a grip on the epidemics, uh, it is still raging in South America. Um, and uh, it's interesting to look at the way people book or, or do not book uh, South America because it tells us uh, what the expectations are uh, regarding the evolution of uh, of the pandemic. So here uh, we've selected one of the key markets for the destination, which is uh, which is the United Kingdom, and we looked at bookings uh, that were made uh, in the month in the last week of May. So that was uh, last week. Uh, obviously, there were still more cancellations than uh, than bookings. Uh, so the overall picture is uh, is very well. No, sorry, there were very slightly more bookings than cancellations. We see that bookings are 96%, about 96% behind. Uh, so the the overall picture is uh, is quite uh, negative. But there were still some new bookings being made. So it was interesting to look at uh, the departure date for these uh, for these bookings. And uh, as you can see on this uh, on this chart, bookings for the uh, uh, coming months are flat. Uh, it's only in uh, Q1 of 2021 that we start seeing some uh, bookings. So uh, at the moment, uh, UK 
people from the UK considering a trip to Latin America do not uh, envision this trip uh, before Easter uh, next year. And, and even then, we can see that the number of bookings for Easter uh, that was performed last week is uh, way lower than, uh, than during the same period uh, just a year ago. So no clear recovery scenario for this, uh, for this destination at the, at the moment. Now, if we look at uh, the Caribbean, uh, where a growing number of uh, destinations are communicating on a reopening, uh, we see some signs of hope uh, as well. Um, here we've decided to focus on uh, searches that uh, travelers from the Netherlands are performing on, uh, on Skyscanner uh, for a future trip. And we're trying to see where they think that trip could take place. And uh, here we've got a pretty clear picture of, uh, of the situation. Uh, as you can see, a strong um, increase proportionally of, uh, of bookings sorry, of, uh, of searches for a trip with a departure in December. So when it comes to the Caribbean, uh, the Caribbean holiday, uh, people from the Netherlands are more considering a, a Christmas holiday in the Caribbean than a summer holiday. And um, this is also something uh, we can see in uh, booking patterns. Uh, this is the regular booking patterns for uh, trips from the Netherlands to the uh, to the Caribbean. We're looking at uh, when exactly uh, trips to take place in October, November, and December uh, are booked. Uh, there's a lot of uh, last-minute bookings, and these uh, bookings are yet to come. But interestingly enough, the bookings that are still uh, that that were made in the past month are still there, uh, meaning that people have a wait and see attitude. Uh, they're still booking, uh, even though at a very slow uh, pace, but they are not cancelling. And that's the most interesting part of it, because uh, in many other destinations, uh, if you look at bookings for the summer, for example, you'd see that uh, the general pattern was to, to massively cancel those trips. People are still hoping that they will be able to travel uh, this, this winter. Uh, and um, well, I guess we'll hope uh, they are right. Now, um, the final part of the world, uh, or the, the last part of the world I would like to look at in this presentation is, uh, is Europe, where a number of key destinations have communicated on a, a reopening. And uh, what we can see at this stage is that communication on reopenings is, in a way, reigniting uh, uh, bookings. And that's very interesting. Uh, if we look at Spain, for example, um, and look at the tickets being issued for international flights to Spain uh, for a trip this summer, uh, June, July, and August, uh, we can see a very, very depressing trend uh, from beginning of March, where uh, bookings, uh, I mean, the number of tickets being issued uh, completely uh, dropped, and then it was flat, you know, close to zero percent until until the very end of May. Uh, on the 23rd of May, the Spanish government announced that uh, Spain would be uh, soon open uh, to foreign tourists uh, starting on July uh, 1st. And uh, you can see an immediate impact of this uh, announcement on booking patterns. You 
can start to see a, a, the bookings bouncing back. And it's not only Spain, uh, it's pretty much every destination we have uh, looked at uh, in, the, in the past few days. Uh, this is Greece, very similar pattern, even, even more pronounced. Uh, the Spanish, sorry, the Greek government announces on, uh, or announced on the 20th of May that Greece would be uh, open to foreign tourists uh, again. And immediately we see the number of bookings uh, bouncing back. So this is, this is encouraging, but remember that uh, picture of uh, that charts of booking situation for the summer. Uh, I very, very seriously doubt that uh, with um, uh, the, the, the current state of bookings, uh, the industry will manage to catch up for the summer. This will be a horrible summer for the, for the industry. And that leads me to the last of the five facts I wanted to mention, and it is that reopening is not the same as a recovery. Yes, uh, we're seeing some booking activity taking place. So again, we're seeing that the sector is progressively getting out of, uh, of coma, but it's definitely not ready to run a, a marathon. Um, for true recovery to take place, I believe that the uh, lifting of travel restriction uh, is paramount. Uh, we need this to happen if we want true recovery to take place. And then um, I believe uh, we need two key things on the supply side, it's air capacity. We need those planes uh, to fly again. Uh, we need a decent load factor so that um, airlines can, can do business uh, and, and bring people to, um, to the destinations of their choice. And we need those destinations to be open for business. Uh, it's absolutely key. So uh, we need hotels to be open. We need tourist attractions to be open. Uh, we need restaurants to be open, et cetera, et cetera. That's a, a crucial component of any recovery scenario. And on the demand, uh, demand side, uh, we need consumer confidence to come back. It's been shattered in the past weeks, past few weeks, past few months with, uh, I think of airlines, airlines canceling flights by the, uh, by the thousands um, and not giving a proper refund to customers. Uh, airlines offering flights to destinations that uh, are still not uh, open for business. So, uh, I think this has very seriously, uh, very negatively uh, impacted on consumer confidence and this needs to be uh, built up again if we want people uh, to feel confident enough to, to travel. And they also need, of course, uh, to feel safe while, uh, while traveling. And the last, uh, last element uh, on the demand side is, uh, is the cash. Uh, we need travelers to have enough disposable income uh, to travel and with the uh, terrible recession that is uh, that is looming, um, I, I believe this is going to be a very serious issue uh, in um, in the coming month or, or, or year. And uh, don't forget either that the travel sector uh, is is also competing with other economic sectors. Uh, when you are uh, 
uh, Spanish person that has spent a uh, number of months in uh, in complete lockdown. What is it that uh, you will want to do with uh, with your money? Will you go for a trip, uh, or will you decide to invest this money in making your stay at home more comfortable? That's a question many people will uh, will ask themselves. Uh, we, sh we tend to think that destinations are competing against each other, and that's uh, that's true. But uh, travel is competing against other forms of um, of activity, and we should keep that uh, in mind. So um, to to conclude, um, I believe maybe the one big opportunity that this crisis is offering us is the opportunity to be truly uh, data-driven. Uh, many tourism businesses have been uh, lagging behind on this uh, matter. They know that it's important to be smart, but they've never made the necessary investments to make it happen. Uh, now, they will have to do it if they want to survive. Uh, you will have to be smart in the way you use your very limited um, resources, financial resources, and uh, this is something that uh, uh, that that this this crisis is uh, um, uh, helping you uh, helping you do uh, that is identify the information that is truly relevant from you for you so that you can uh, derive uh, insights that will help you uh, uh, do business uh, better. So when demand picks up, and I hope it will be soon, but I'm not uh, I'm not widely optimistic about it, as you have uh, as you have understood. You will be ready uh, to grow your business in a in a sustainable way. So I thank you for your attention, and uh, I believe it is now time for question and, and answers. Jed, back to you. So there you have it. Thanks again for your company this week, and if you haven't already done so, please do have a listen to the Q&A from this session, which is in the next episode, also out now. We're officially launching lowseasontraveler.com next week on the 18th of June, and so there'll be a lot of activity which you can get involved in, as well as some brilliant competitions too. Please do sign up to receive our updates on lowseasontraveler.com and also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and you may just be able to win an incredible low season prize. That's all for now. Enjoy your day, stay safe, stay healthy, stay home and please don't forget to share our content with your friends and industry colleagues who may also believe that now more than ever, travel is better without the crowds. <laughs>